Unwrapping the names of Christmas, that's what we're dealing with today. Today, the name of Christmas, a lesser-known name of Christmas, Sunrise. If you were not at first service, ten points to the person who can tell me, who is it in the Christmas story who calls Jesus Sunrise? Zachariah, ten points. There it is. Well done. Whispered from the front row. It's those front row people. Yeah. It's awesome. Zachariah. So we're talking about Zachariah. Do you know who Zachariah is? Who knows who Zachariah is? Whose dad is Zachariah? John the Baptist's dad. Okay. So you remember John the Baptist, uh, he was born to uh, Elizabeth and his mom was well past the age of childbearing. Um, and there was one other woman in the entire Old Testament, in, the, in, in all the stories leading up to this, who was too old for childbearing. There was many women who couldn't have babies, and then God blessed them. But there was one other one who had been too old. Who was that? Sarah. And that was the that was who was her husband. And what did God form with Abraham? A covenant, a nation. He made a covenant with Abraham. That was the first covenant. Now God is about to establish a second covenant, and He marks it by again finding a woman who is far past the age of childbearing. And he tells her that she's going to have a son. And he is going to be the forerunner again of this new covenant, of this covenant. Except this time, the covenant is not going to be about letters on stone. It's going to be about a person who's going to come and be the advent that we celebrate in this season. It's going to be Jesus. So when Zechariah finds out, that, you know, he goes into the temple that day to pray for the forgiveness of sins over Israel. And that prayer got answered in a way that he didn't expect when he saw the angel. And, uh, and, and then he was told that they were going to be having a child. And he said, can I have a sign to let me know that uh, this is going to happen? And <laughs> Gabriel was like, uh, I'm Gabriel. I'm an angel who stands in the presence of God. <laughs> you will not talk again. Until your child is born, because apparently you don't have anything good to say. Which is my interpretation of what Gabriel was saying. And so Zechariah doesn't talk anymore until he has his son. And then he does obediently name his son John. And as he writes out that his name will be called John on a tablet. Um, and that's not like a Kindle tablet. I don't know what it looked like back then. Um, but there was some sort of tablet that he wrote that his name would be John. And when he did, it did his his jaw was loosened, his tongue was loosened, and he spoke. And what did he do when he spoke? He prophesied. He prophesied. And he wasn't even a prophet, you know? <laughs> he was a priest. He wasn't a prophet, but he prophesied. He spoke prophetically. He sang this, that potentially sang this prophecy. And so it's in this prophetic utterance out of the mouth of Zechariah in Luke chapter 1 that we get our name today for Jesus, Sunrise. So Luke chapter 1, verse 67 and we're going down to verse 80, and I am going to have you stand with me in honor of God's word, please. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we should be saved from our enemies, and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, there's that word, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. 
And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. I'm asking that God's reading of this word would find that seed being planted in our hearts and all week as we meditate on this thing that it would bear fruit in our lives. Blessed be God's word in your life. You can have a seat. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being the sunrise. We thank you for the advent. We thank you for the dawn. We thank you, God, for bringing into our lives a whole new covenant. We thank you. God, help us to understand a little more today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, with each of these names, most of the names have a literal meaning behind them. You know, like Emmanuel means God with us. And we'll be dealing with that next next week. You know, Josh dealt with Messiah last week. The week before that, we had a title there, King. But when it comes to sunrise, it does, there, there's not like a translation of that that, you know, all of a sudden makes it make sense to us. This isn't, this isn't a literal word that, that means something about Jesus. Instead, this is a word picture. The reason that we're given a sunrise is it's, it's painting a picture for us of what is the sunrise from heaven? Well, it's not what is the sunrise, it's who is the sunrise. And so today, the, what our job is when unpacking the word sunrise a little bit, when unwrapping that, we remember that the whole point of this series is that these words, these titles, they weren't given to Jesus for Jesus' sake. He didn't need to have names, special names for his own sake. Those are given for us to understand who he is and what he offers us. So today, our job is to take this word sunrise and to understand why use the word sunrise? What does that mean to us? And there's a few different things that the sun provides for us, many different things that the, provi- that the sun provides for us and that a sunrise in particular provides. And so we're going to look at that. We're going to break it down a little bit and look at a few different aspects of sunrise. Now, this word is mentioned throughout the scripture a number of times. This title is given to the Messiah, sunrise. Um, this is the one in the advent that we'll see, but it refers to some other texts that we'll look at too. I'm going to hit a few little verses here and there. If you have a pen and paper and want to write down those verses and meditate on them later, go and study them, that's fine. But we'll be rifling through them and I'm not going to be putting them on the screen because there's enough of them. So uh, have you ever had one of those days where um, you just needed the day to end and you needed a new day to start? Sometimes Jen and I will be talking, it'll be late at night and we're working through something, trying to figure something out, you know, something with the kids or something going on at work and we're just talking stuff through and it'll get to the spot where like, I'm having a hard time, like, we're, we're having a hard time really getting to the core of it, you know? And then finally, it's like, you know what we really need? What do we really need? We need sleep. We need to go to bed, and we need to wake up tomorrow and have our heads cleared and wake up to a new day. The first thing that the sun does for us, the first thing a sunrise does for us is it marks a new day. It says it's a new day. And the first thing that Jesus does when he comes is he marks a new day. This is why Zechariah calls him the sunrise, because Zechariah, even in this prophecy, refers to Abraham and the covenant. And he says, God's going to fulfill the covenant. Why do I know that? Because I'm a priest and I study the scriptures. And the last time that God took an old lady and had her give birth, you know, was 
way back then and God formed a covenant out of it and he told me that he's going to save the people from their sins because he's going to give me this son who's going to be the front runner of the Messiah. And so he says, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's all new. The darkness is gone. The unfulfilled covenant will be fulfilled. Things are about to change. It's a new day. That's a good, good thing to hear, isn't it? That's good news toward men. That's what it is. Peace on earth, good news toward men. A new day, a dawning. We call that an advent. An advent, the emerging of something new. Something new being brought out. Okay, and so that's what this is, advent. This word that's there for sunrise can also actually, kind of a bizarre way that that can also be translated is to be a new shoot out of an old root. Almost like that word netzer in the Hebrew that we talk about. You know, it's like that new shoot. And and so that word sunrise, a new light coming up, it's the same as like new growth coming out of a tree. There's It's a new day, it's a dawn. There's something happening and, and, and we're being refreshed. It's not the first time that God's done that, is it? God, and when it came to the flood, said, enough of this day, it's no good, and he wiped the earth clean and then started again. But the problem was, is Noah brought sin with him and his family, okay? And we still had sin. And this time, God is not wiping the earth clean. He's not bringing sunset and, and wiping it and annihilating. He's bringing sunrise. So he's infusing his sun into the earth. And he knows that by bringing this sun, it's the dawn of a new day. It's an advent. And this is how you want to see this. This is how I, I see it anyway, is that the, the best phrase to 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 state how this is a new day is just this. There's a new sheriff in town, okay? There's a new sheriff in town. That's what's going on. Because when you look at what Zechariah is saying, he's talking about this leader who's going to be coming and what it is that this leader is going to be able to do and save people from their sins. Second Samuel 23, there's this awesome uh, two verses. I want you to hear these two verses, so listen up. It says, this is Second Samuel 23, 3 and 4, if you're following along. The God of Israel spoke, the God of Israel said to me, when one rules over men in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings the grass from the earth. So is a new sheriff in town. <laughs> you know, that's how it works, that when there's someone who comes and brings righteousness, Someone who rules with justice. It's a new day. Think about uh, an old town, an old western town where there's been corruption and there's, you know, those old cowboy gangs who you see the movies about, you know, it's all corruption and it's all distorted and everybody's being oppressed. And then the new sheriff comes to town and he brings justice and he brings righteousness. And in that it says it's like the light of the morning, like the dawn of the sun after a good rain and the green grows up out of the desert. And we say life's going to be good. Jesus is here. Amen? Stop with me for a second as we thank God for that. God, we thank you for the sunrise. We thank you for coming to rule with justice, coming to reign with righteousness. We're just going to say right now, we consistently need your daybreak in our lives. We consistently need your sunrise. Awaken us to your sunrise. In Jesus' name, amen. Sunrise is the dawn of a new day. It marks a new day. And what did Jesus do to mark a new day? Well, he was born. That's what he did. 
Just by being born, he marked a new day. There's a star in the sky. There's shepherds and, and angels and wise men and all sorts of stuff. It's marking a new day. Jesus was born. But Jesus, being this new sheriff in town, it's not just that he came and marked a new day. It's that he will be bringing daylight with him. He is not just one of talk. He is one of power. You know, it's a, it's like when a, a politician gets elected and says, you know, there's all this mess of problems that any politician has to step into when they step into office. You know, there's a complicated set of issues. And, and you know, we're always leery when a, when a politician tells us, oh, yeah, we'll tidy this all up in no time. We'll get this fixed by doing this and this. And th-. We all know, like, it's a lot easier to talk than it is to actually accomplish. But Jesus says this. He says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except by him. And when this daybreak happens, when this sun rises, it's not just talk. It's not just that it marks a new day. It's that Jesus will make a way where there was no way. Where there was no way, where it was too complicated and it didn't work, Jesus is going to make a way. Okay, so let's look at this. And um, this specifically in this passage in Luke, starting in verse 77 of chapter 1. It says, I'm going to go back. I think I have it in the, uh, this time I'm going to read it in the NIV. It says to give his people the knowledge. This is talking about salvation. He's going to get or uh, talking about John the Baptist. He's going to give people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. So John the Baptist is helping people to understand their salvation. He's not bringing the salvation. He's just bringing the knowledge of it through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the what? Anybody have that in front of them? The way of peace, the path of peace. Okay. How many of us want peace in our lives? Seriously, I want peace in my life. And I will tell you that I am not very good at creating peace in my life. Just ask anyone in my family. I am not very good at creating peace. There are all sorts of things that can cause turmoil. Life is complicated and it's confusing and at times it's very difficult. And when I want to try to find a way to make things happen, I have less peace. Like a politician trying to figure out how to fix the problems of this world, it doesn't tend to create peace. Like a dad who's trying to make sure that his family works just right, <laughs> it doesn't always create peace, you know? And so, you know, Jesus comes in and he says, but there is a way that we will have peace and it's through the forgiveness of sin. Salvation that comes through the forgiveness of sin. He will make a way where there is no way. So how is it that Jesus makes a way for us where there was no way? Through the cross, a baby born to die. Okay, so here's the daybreak. The the sunrise comes up. It marks a new day. There's a new covenant. But what comes with him is death and a cross. Because where there was no way, he has to make the way. And where no other leader could actually lay down his life on our behalf enough in order to make a way to forgive our sins and to create actual peace, there was one who could make peace where there couldn't be peace otherwise. A military leader wouldn't be able to do it. Control and power aren't able to do it. It's going to take love and sacrifice that takes God laying down his life on our behalf. That's the only way that there's actually a way. We need Jesus. 
We need Jesus to lay down his life. And what this sunrise provides is a way. So when that sun rises, all of a sudden I couldn't see and now I can. Picture yourself in an elaborate set of caves underground and you're stuck and your flashlight goes out and there's no way to find a way out. Your best bet is to sit down in the same spot and hope that someone shows up with the light. And it wasn't just the light that showed up. The sun rose in our cave. (laughs) Think about how bright it was when the sun rose in our cave. You know, and all of a sudden where it seemed like there was no way, this is no longer a dark tunnel. This is daylight where I'm out for a nice walk in the caves underground because Jesus just brought light to my cave. He made a way where there was no way in order for me to have peace. Stop with me as we thank him. And Jesus, we couldn't do it. There's sin in my life and I cannot make a way to peace because of my own complicated mess. Because the conflicts in my own heart, I want things I shouldn't want. And then I try to do things I should do. And there's this conflict inside of me that can't get it figured out. And it's all a mess and it's all confusing. And there's no way because I can't get over my own sin, but you forgive it. And for that, we thank you. And we want to just hear those words of John the Baptist washing over us as he declares there is a way to salvation. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. The sunrise declares an advent and it marks a new day. The sunrise also reveals a way where it looks like there was no way. And the first Jesus does by being born. The second Jesus does by dying. But sunrise, light, also reveals truth. It exposes truth. Look with me at Matthew 4, 16 to 17, if you have your Bible there. Matthew 4, 16 to 17, what's going on here is that there's a prophecy in the Old Testament that says a light will shine in the land of darkness, particularly, uh, O you, land of Naphtali, you will not be the least. A light will shine out 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 of the darkness. And Jesus, when he heard that John the Baptist was dying, I'm sorry, when he heard that John the Baptist was imprisoned, he moved from Jerusalem, the southern part of the, of the uh, country in Israel, and he goes up north, and he goes up to the, to the land of Galilee and up in Naphtali, that area. And it says that when he goes up there, he's fulfilling the Old Testament prophecy that in that land of Naphtali, up north in Jerusalem, a bright light will shine in darkness. And so what's interesting is this passage in Matthew 4, as it's talking about Jesus' ministry, it says that he is now fulfilling this prophecy by shining the light in the darkness. And this is how it says it. This is how it concludes it. Matthew 4, verse 16, the people living in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. Verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus was born as a child and he was Advent. Jesus and and marked a new day. He was a sunrise that marked a new day. Jesus died on a cross and made a way for us where there was no way and the light revealed the way. And Jesus, as the sun rises, is also the truth that exposes. And if by his birth he marked a new day, and if by his death he created a new way, then it's by his teaching that he exposes the truth. And Jesus as a teacher is the light that shines in darkness up in that land of Galilee. What did he teach up in the land of Galilee? What's his most famous thing that he taught up in the land of Galilee? Sermon on the Mount. Stood up there by the Sea of Galilee and he started speaking. And you know what the Sermon on the Mount is? It takes the Ten Commandments and it says, 
yeah, they were a little bit here, but let me really take those Ten Commandments and interpret them deep into your life. And it takes the light and it exposes our lives. And he takes a light and he takes the, and, and he takes the light and he shines it deep down into our heart with the, with the Sermon on the Mount. And he says, how are those Ten Commandments looking in there? You know, how's it looking? You say that if, you know, if you murder your brother, it's sin. But I tell you, if you even hate your brother in your heart, you know, and what he's doing is he's taking his flashlight and he's exposing deep in our lives. The sunrise is happening and truth is being revealed. How many of us could handle a dose of truth? I mean, I don't know about you, but throughout the year, so many times I just find myself confused about which the next step to take. You have this amount of money, you have this amount of time, you, and, and then you try to figure out what to do with all that, right? How do you do the right thing? There's competing desires and, and thoughts in our minds, and sometimes it's not just about the discipline to do the right thing or to think the right thing. It's even to know what the right thing is in any given situation because we get so confused, because we don't have a handle on the truth, because we lack wisdom, which is why we need the sun to rise. Because in the land of darkness and shadows, it's not easy to know what's true. When we're living in the cave, the person next to me might tell me that they have a whole loaf of bread and it tastes really good, and the lights come on and I realize they don't have anything, you know? And we're like, this was no good. Here I am trusting you. But Jesus is the rising sun and his teaching speaks truth into our life. And if we will hold on to it and receive it, it will expose the darkness in our heart and it will illuminate the goodness of his grace and we'll have the opportunity to receive that grace and have it cleanse our hearts of all the evil that's in it. That's the teaching that Jesus brings. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to receive the teaching of Jesus. This is what it says about the truth. First John chapter 5, 5 and 10. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. This morning we were shoveling. There was a a number of us out here shoveling and uh, trying to clear off the, the sidewalks in the driveway. Uh, or the the parking lot so people weren't tripping and and uh, there's people throwing salt and all that and at one point as we were shoveling we looked up and you could start to see the clouds open up and there was blue sky and then we looked over on the corner back here here back here and on the as the clouds were breaking up we saw bright light coming through the clouds and i said to daryl i said we're in good shape now buddy aren't we and he's like yeah when that sun hits that blacktop man It's just going to melt everything, you know? It's amazing when the sun rises, it will melt everything that is not eternal. And when Jesus rises in our life and he speaks truth in our life, it will burn up and melt all the junk that's there and we'll see what's really underneath. One of the funniest things that happens, there, you remember that like a few years back, like four or five years back, we had that snow, that year where it just kept snowing and snowing and snowing. Those of you who live in this neighborhood, there was nowhere for the snow to go. It was like head high between the driveways. It was crazy. And um, the boys would be out back playing and out front playing and everything. And the snow lasted all winter. I mean, it just stayed there all winter. It kept piling up and piling up. Finally, when it all melted off, you wouldn't believe how many toys were laying in the lawn that we had no idea were there. 
It was unbelievable. I'm like, who knew? You know, when the sun comes up and it melts off all the stuff, we see what's actually underneath of it all. It's amazing how the snow makes everything look pretty on the outside. But if the sun rises and burns it all off, we'll see the reality. And what we're doing is inviting the sunrise into our life and saying, God, burn off all the facade. Burn off all the blanket over it that I try to show to everyone else. Show me what's really in here because I want the fullness, that abundant life that you tell me about. Expose me to the light. Let me see the sin. Clean it out of my life so I can have full fellowship with you. Join me as we ask for that. God, right now, right here, we needed a Savior who could speak the truth. Not one who blew smoke around, but one who spoke the truth and burned off the fog and burned off the snow so that we could see the reality of ourselves. God, we ask that your Sermon on the Mount, your teachings, God, that you would burn them into our lives And you would help us to follow you more appropriately. We thank you for your clear forgiveness that you made a way and that we don't, the truth isn't just exposing us and condemning us. It's exposing us and then bringing freedom because of the way that you've created. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is also what? The life. The Son is. It has the ability to expose the way. It has the ability to reveal the truth. And the Son also has an ability to bring life. That's what it does. It brings life. I want you to look at Malachi 4. This is probably my favorite text of the day. I love this text. It's so cool. Matthew, or Malachi chapter 4, 1 to 3. Surely the day is coming. This is prior to Jesus' coming, of course. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that it is, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. That, that phrase right there, that's S-U-N, son of righteousness. That phrase right there, that's one to just hold on to and just say it all week long. The sun of righteousness will rise and bring healing with its rays. As I meditate on Christmas, as I praise God, I just want to keep saying, sun of righteousness, rise in my life with healing in your rays. Okay? And this is, so let's keep going. Healing in your rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. I love that. Then you will trample on the wicked and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Have you ever seen those um, those little stalls that they keep the calves in for veal? You know, those little white things, like little torture chambers. You know? And uh, imagine this little calf that's well fed and then you open it up and the calf just comes out and starts dancing all around. You know, all weird and you know, unstable a little bit like a calf, but just full of life and full of energy. Jesus clearly says that he's the way to the path of peace. But here he's also saying he's the life that brings joy in our hearts. 
He brings something that's satisfying, something that fills us with joy. He not only makes a way for us to have peace, you know, and he not only exposes the truth so that we can be cleansed, but he brings healing to our hearts so that we can have joy. Man, I believe that there are people in this room right now who need healing because your hearts have been wounded. You've been in relationships that have been difficult. There's been all sorts of junk in your life that has hurt you and you find that it's not easy right now to have joy in your life. And if that is talking about you, if that speaks to you, then know that a sun rose and that sun has rays of light that are beaming off of it and that those rays of light bring healing with them to warm your heart and to soften it again to bring healing. You know, the scripture says here that it'll burn off the stuff that's no good and the chaff, it'll burn it all up just like that sun burns off the, the, uh, just like the sun burns off the snow. It'll just burn it up, the stuff that's not worthwhile. And the parts of our hearts that are not turned toward God, it hurts and it burns when the sun comes up. Looking at the, looking at the, the, um, the teachings of Jesus and the actions of Jesus, do you realize they actually hurt me if I don't want Christ? right? If I'm not looking for life, if I'm wanting to be selfish and I'm not looking for the truth and I want to live life my own way, then when Jesus starts to teach about the Sermon on the Mount, I want to be like, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear it. You know, I don't want to hear it. Jesus, teach someone else. I'm not interested in hearing it because I want to do my own thing. I want to be God in my own life. But that gets us to a place where we're not. We don't have peace and we don't have joy. But Jesus says, let me come. I'll bring healing in my race. And as we listen to him, he brings he, he brings restoration to us. He restores us and he heals. And so Jesus, the little child baby, is born and brings Advent, the sun that marks the beginning of the day. Jesus the Savior dies on a cross and he makes a way where there was no way. Jesus, the teacher, brings truth when we couldn't see anything and we were lost in our darkness. And Jesus, the healer, restores joy to our lives where there was no joy. And he also gives us the ability to trample on that enemy who causes us despair and depression. And he says, we will trample him under our foot with our boot because the sun has risen and he hides in deception. And when the light shines, the enemy is exposed for the liar that he is. And he can't haunt our lives anymore. We invite the sunrise into our life. The sun can cause melanoma, but it can also prevent it. The sun can be an antibiotic for tuberculosis. It can help with the effects of fibromyalgia. It can provide vitamin D. It can do all sorts of other things. But it can also burn us. And it all depends on where our hearts are and how moist that skin is, how fertile the soil is when it comes up. And so we ask God to keep our hearts soft. Now, this is the last thing here, okay? The sunrise marks the new day. The sunrise creates a way the sunrise teaches the truth and exposes truth and the sunrise brings healing and gives us life but there's one other thing about a sunrise you know when you think about a sunrise the first thing you you think of is not vitamin d you know the first thing you think of is not truth because of sunrise the first thing you think probably isn't even the mark of a new day the first thing that we tend to think of in our vernacular when we talk about sunrise is beauty Sunrise is just beautiful. 
And the reason that we use the word sunrise, that's not just some literal word that gives us a description of, of, of facts and theology about who Jesus is. It's a descriptive word that tries to put into language something that's more intangible. That says, here's this man who's coming. When all of us live in selfishness, and when all of us live in darkness, and when we have ugliness all over our world, there is going to be a sun that will rise, that will show beauty, and it'll be a streak all across the history of humanity of true beauty. Not of materialistic, consumeristic beauty. Not of lust that's distorted beauty for my own goods. Instead, this is real beauty. True beauty. Beauty, love that bleeds on a cross, and life that comes up out of the grave. This is beauty upon beauty. This is a king born in a manger. This is paradox that blows my mind. This is art that I can't get my head wrapped around. And it's beauty for those of us living in darkness that we desperately need. Because we need truth, and we need a way, and we need life given to us. But man, We need something worth looking at. Because I don't know about you, but I get sick and tired of the lack of beauty on my TV set or in the newspapers or wherever else. The distorted, fake, plastic beauty. But Jesus, man, it is so gorgeous. It is so beautiful watching the sun rise. And the thing about this light is it's uncreated light. Eternal light. It's not a reflection of something else. This is the light that always has been and always will be. And every time these guys had prophecies about, about God, you know, every time Ezekiel or Daniel or someone saw God, they see rainbows going over his head and they see all sorts of lightning flashing out and fire from his eyes and they're trying to describe the light and you know that they get so frustrated because they can't actually describe the light of God's glory because any light that we have ever seen is only a minor, dim reflection of the glory of God that is being revealed to us in the birth of this child. And he invites us in to be a part of the light. He says that we can go from just staring at the glory to being transformed into the glory. And this is the beautiful way that it talks about it right here. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Isaiah 61 says that he comes to put a crown of beauty on us instead of a crown of ashes. God wants to make each and every person and all of us together beautiful. That's what he wants to do. He wants to make us beautiful. He wants to make us shine like the stars in the universe is what he says in Philippians. He wants to make us shine. He wants to make us gorgeous. And you know the old phrase that as the moon reflects the sun, so we reflect the light of Jesus. And as as the light exposes us, we become the light. That's what we become. And so here it is. The sun rises this advent on us and he exposes our lives and he cleans us out and he forgives us and he makes a way. And so Christian, each one of us, it's time to wake up sleepers and realize the day's already dawned. It's already happened. 
You know, he came alive. He came alive among us. He was incarnated. He already died and made a way. He already taught and exposed the truth. He's already brought healing in his wings and it's available for us now. And he is here still in the fullness of all of his beauty. And he has one command for us, which is to stare and celebrate at that beauty. And the more we stare at it, the more we become it. In the name of Jesus, amen.